Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, welcome to Mueller, She Wrote. Uh, this is the second week after indictments of the ongoing investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. My name is A.G. I have to go by A.G. because of the Hatch Act. I'm not allowed to associate myself with any political discussions uh, as a <clears throat> employee of the federal government. So uh, with me, as always, is Julissa Johnson. Hey, hey, Julissa. And we've got Jordan Coburn. Hey, how's it going? And today we have special guest, Aaron. I am no longer Hatch Act restricted. Thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and we can call you by your name. 
You're so fancy. I feel like you're bragging. <laughs> There's two A's in there. Oh, A-A-Ron. Yeah, right. I see. Thank you. All right. So uh, this week, um, we're going to go over a few things. We're going to talk about the Magnitsky Act. Uh, I'm going to go over some new facts about the investigation that have come out in the past week. Uh, we're going to have uh, the lovely Jaleesa talk about the Paradise Papers. And Jordan's going to go over Mike Pence's involvement in the, in the Russian conspiracy. Uh, we're going to have our Indictment Fantasy League. Um, I've got a new sabotage. I've got a new, you know, uh, recent interesting fact that could throw a wrench into everything. And uh, we'll take some questions from, uh, from, the, from the gallery here. And then we could talk about what's going to go on next week. So I wanted to open up with the uh, going over the Magnitsky Act and Bill Browder's testimony to the Judiciary Committee. And the reason I wanted to start with that is because a lot of the facts that came out this week, particularly surrounding Veselnitskaya and the June 2016 meeting, have a lot to do with the Magnitsky Act and, and how it plays a role in, in pretty much the main and pivotal role in this entire investigation. So I'll just begin uh, to let you know that in July of this year, July 27th, actually, which is the day, uh, I believe, that they arrested Papadopoulos, yeah. <clears throat> Big Papa, <laughs> uh, Bill Browder testified to the Senate Judiciary Committee. And so here's some of the information that came out during that testimony. Bill Browder is the CEO of Hermitage Capital. That's an investment firm uh, in the UK. They do all sorts of investments globally, but also work a lot in Russia. And he testified that in 2007, he hired a lawyer named Magnitsky to investigate some corporate identity theft on behalf of the Russian mafia. So some Russian operatives, um, they're now the FSB, formerly KGB, uh, had apparently successfully stolen the corporate identity of three of the subsidiaries of Hermitage Capital and were able to basically steal $230 million dollars uh, of taxes that were paid by Hermitage to the Russian government. So the Russians stole their own tax money. <laughs> okay? Uh, and Browder and Magnitsky then filed a complaint with the Russian authorities uh, saying, hey, we found all this corruption. And they thought that the good guys would come and get the bad guys. Right. Turns out there's no such thing as a good guy <laughs> in, uh, in Putin's regime. And instead, they arrested Magnitsky. They tortured him and killed him. Uh, in, in the, he went to several different prisons. Uh, mm -hmm. But his, his health was failing, basically. He had pancreatitis, and they moved him to a facility that didn't have medical treatment. He, his, his health got worse. He was in incredible amounts of pain. And right when he was kind of at the edge of, of, of death, they moved him to another prison where he was chained to a bed and beaten with wow. batons until he died. In response, <clears throat> um, Browder came to the United States and spoke with John McCain and another senator, and they wrote the Magnitsky Act, named after this lawyer who had uncovered the Russian corruption and the stealing of this $230 million, most of which went to Putin beneficiaries, by the way. Right. The Magnitsky Act passed 94 to 2. It was like one of the most, like, easiest, it was the easy, one of the easiest bills to pass. It was yeah. totally bipartisan. Everyone's like, yeah. And basically what the Magnitsky Act says is that if you, these, in this particular instance, these guys are going to have sanctions put against them. They're going to be put on the OFAC list. Mm -hmm. And if anyone else does this kind of thing in the future, we're going to put you on 
the Magnitsky list, which would put you on the OFAC sanctions list. Right. The OFAC sanctions list stands for the Office of Foreign Assets Control. It's a treasury group, and if you're on it, it's not just going to freeze your American assets. And Putin has $200 billion stashed in banks around the world, mostly that he's collected from you know, the 1% of oligarchs in Russia, mm-hmm. uh, where he says, I'll let you live if you give me money, pretty much. Um, but he also offers them impunity uh, to do his bidding. Right. So the Magnitsky Act is Putin's single most important policy priority, foreign policy priority, is to repeal the Magnitsky Act. And that's to protect his assets and the assets of the other oligarchs and kleptocrats who fund him. Mm-hmm. Um, so in retaliation to the Magnitsky Act, Putin banned all Russian adoptions in the U.S., which was a, a terrible thing because so many lives were saved, so many children's lives were saved. That because we could adopt uh, Russian children. Well, he's banned that. Mm-hmm. And so now you have to realize that the term adoptions is synonymous with sanctions yes. when, it talk, when we talk about you know, certain meetings. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard, uh, this has been out for a while now, when, when Donald Trump Jr. and Kushner and Manafort, everybody met in that June 2016 meeting, it was under the auspices of talking about adoption. Russian adoptions. Uh, then Putin hired Veselnetskaya uh, to come over here in 2014 and spearhead a campaign against Browder and to try to get the Magnitsky Act repealed. Okay, And the senators in the Judiciary Committee asked Browder during his testimony this last July, why would she even do that knowing that there's no way you're going to repeal the Magnitsky Act? It's unrepealable. It was passed 94 to 2. Everybody loves it. Everybody. And so... Browder had a really interesting answer to that. It turns out that the President of the United States has veto power to remove names from the OFAC list. Oh, wow. So, yes, you're not going to repeal the Magnitsky Act. Just take it apart. But if you have a patsy in the White House who can remove specific names, he can continue to have access to his assets. That's crazy. And Veselnetskaya brought a memo to that June 2016 meeting with damaging allegations against Browder, mm-hmm. uh, and gave that to Donald Trump Jr. This is according to her now, so right. you know, take that into consideration. But she brought this memo into the twenty into that twenty sixteen meeting, and just last month, uh, Browder's visa was revoked by the Department of Homeland Security. He's not allowed to return to the United States, and he is has been receiving death threats. They want to extradite him back to Russia. They want to wow. kill. Him. Seven other people have also been murdered that, that had, some, that had something to do mm-hmm. with the Magnitsky Act. So that kind of sets this whole thing up with follow the money. Like why, what would the quid pro quo be? You mm-hmm. can't get the Magnitsky Act repealed. But perhaps if you've got a president who you've given dirt to uh, mm-hmm. on the campaign uh, of your opponent... Maybe he would uh, be nice and take our names off the list. Exactly, and someone you have dirt on. Yeah, and that's how Russia works. It's called compromat. They mm-hmm. get they get these. That's what the whole Steele dossier was. Yeah. Uh, they they get information on people so that they can blackmail them. Mm-hmm. So, that's it. That's the Magnitsky Act and yes. what, what's going on with that. Now I want to get to just the facts. <laughs> We have some new facts that have come out to this case. We didn't have any indictments this week. I didn't think we would. Right. I remember last week I was like, we didn't have that 
crazy really? run up to Mueller Monday where everyone was like, come on, it's going to happen. Exactly. And we were, I was doing a countdown. Everyone was dancing. <laughs> it was seriously, that Monday was some of the best national news I'd woken up to <laughs> in a while. So here's some facts from this week. Carter Page, his testimony was released. Now, granted, last week after he testified, he went on CNN and said what he the said. Same thing, yeah. But some in, more interesting facts came out. He said uh, Lewandowski, Clovis, Trump, and Sessions all knew about his trips to Russia. But he also said that he met with a Russian executive of Rosneft Oil to broker a deal to ease sanctions. Hmm. What's one good way to ease sanctions? Have the president take your name off the OFAC, OFAC mm-hmm. list. <clears throat> uh, another interesting fact this week. It's been reported that Erdogan offered Flynn... Uh, $15 million to abduct and extradite a Muslim cleric living in the United States back wow. to Turkey. $15 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they I were just like going to kill him? Dog the bounty hunter. Yeah, I don't know what, yeah. what they were going to do. Um, Hope Hicks is going to be interviewed this coming week. She's okay. the communications advisor to the White House. It should be interesting because she was also... She, she could have been the one crafting the statements about... No Russia collusion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so she might have inside information on, did somebody say, well, we're going to say this, even though this happened. Exactly. And, uh, as I had said before, Veselnitskaya had spoken out saying Trump Jr. offered quid pro quo dirt on Hillary in exchange for changes to United States law. She didn't name the Magnitsky Act, but that's her whole purpose in life. She was hired by... Um, uh, people in Putin's orbit right, to get the Magnitsky Act repealed and to do a smear campaign on Bill Browder. Right, and anyone, so she doesn't have to say it. We know. I Again, you can't assume anything. Mm-hmm. Mueller is the one who's there to get these, to tie these things together. Right. And finally, uh, we brought this up last week that we would talk about this this week. Uh, Matt Gates, a Republican from Florida, member of the House Judiciary Committee, introduced a resolution calling for the resignation of Mueller because Mueller was the FBI director during the Uranium One deal, and he didn't bring charges. Mm. Okay, Now, it wasn't the FBI's job to review these deals. Five, I think nine other, I'd have to look this up, but I think nine other agencies approved this deal. Okay, And there is scant evidence that Hillary, sex state, Secretary of State, um, had anything to do with it, or that uh, Mueller had approved it in any way, shape, or form. So that's still going on. He's not going to get enough votes to get that to go through, and here's why. We've got some new polls out. Uh, these are CNN polls <clears throat> on Americans' feelings about this investigation. 64% say the Russia investigation is a serious matter, while 32% say it's an effort to discredit Trump. <laughs> What? Where have I heard 32% before? Is that that the same as his approval rating, (laughs) which is the lowest in history, yet still still seems high? That might be it. And I mean, it is an effort to discredit him because (laughs) he he should should be be discredited. (laughs) He doesn't have a lot of credit. This is an interesting poll about whether or not the charges brought against, you know, uh, the Trump campaign so far reflect actual collusion. Right. 39% say the charges reflect widespread coordination between the Trump campaign and Russia. 44% say there is limited coordination between Trump campaign and Russia. 6% say there's no coordination. And 11% are unsure. 
Guys, that, I believe, if my math is correct, is 83% of America thinks there's some level mm-hmm. of yeah. collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. Another interesting uh, poll here, 59% say Trump knew about the coordination, and 35% say he didn't. We're right down around that 30. Right around that sweet spot. Yeah, where's those extra 3%? Hmm. Who are they? Uh, and 65% are concerned about contacts between Russia and the Trump campaign. So, those are the new facts this week. Um, I've gone over the Magnitsky Act. I'd like to turn it over uh, to Jaleesa now, who I've assigned a homework paper. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's going to discuss a little bit about the Paradise Papers with you. We brought this briefly up uh, last week. That was my sabotage. Yes. And a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I learned about it last minute, and it did kind of throw a wrench into our indictment picks. Absolutely. This was like a week ago. So, so this document leaked on the 5th, and... Uh, People have been scrambling. So many like journalists are into this because this is basically Panama Papers 2.0. So last year there was a leak about the world's richest people storing their money away in offshore investments. And now we have an update to that. It's like over 13 million documents. So that's like, I think they said 120,000 different people and companies. The most interesting people on the list is uh, this guy named Wilbur Ross. Just, you know, Secretary of Commerce. No one important. But he has over 40 different lists or different connections on here. So I believe out of those 40, four of them have been tied to a Russian company. And so his whole thing now is, well, I don't know these people. I wasn't involved with them, but we have this direct link to him financially. So not just that, we also have Rex Tillerson who's involved, not as nearly as much as Wilbur, but there is this connection to the White House with these papers. And so it's really getting to the point where Donald Trump is getting his economic advisement from people who do this, who store their money in these offshore accounts. And it's not so much about, I think, the moral issue where it's like, well, these rich people are basically, you know, using our taxpayer bridges and our taxpayer hospitals and, you know, driving on our taxpayer roads. That's a separate issue. I think the real issue is if Donald Trump is getting his advice from these people who are doing these things, then how far does it go? And then there's also, there's a Russian guy. I'm getting so worked up. It's like, it pisses me off. It's like, I gotta breathe. I, I seriously, I I should, I should know, though, that the Paradise Papers have existed for a while. Exactly. They were only just leaked on the day. Exactly. So, yeah. and this was also from the Panama Papers, who was in 2016. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people have known about this. It's just getting to the point where it's becoming so much more clear. And then there's this guy a Russian oligarch who I think now is the prime minister to Putin who has stock in Facebook and Twitter. And we found this out because of these papers. So we're finding out about all these different people in the highest positions in Putin's circle of oligarchs who were having a direct like impact on our media, our social media, our president. And it's you know one thing to say, well, you know, these rich people are mean, but another thing to say that they're influencing everything we do, everything on a daily basis that it's coming down to like everyone should be pissed about this anyone that pays taxes should be pissed anyone that has facebook or twitter should be pissed about this it's like i don't know i feel like we're all being played by putin i just it's one of those things where it's coming to the forefront and well, did you see the, the ceo of facebook's testimony when he was grilled by congress and, well, they, and, and al franken was like look um your whole job is to put data points together exactly you couldn't Billions. put you couldn't put Russian money <laughs> with political ads. It's well, it's so not clear. something. It's not something we looked at. 
it's really, really clear right now. And I think that's what people are so freaked out about is that there's no denying it. It's like you said with the polls. It's not so much about like, you know, who's involved or to what extent. It's just how do we stop it? You know, how do we have some kind of control over this? Because there's billions of dollars put away and it's, you can't, I mean, at least I would think you can't say that this money is not being flooded into our political policies. I mean, it's it's so clear, and and that's where I think we're left is that we don't we don't really know what to do. I know there's a flood now of like you know Democratic politicians who are trying to like really get a grasp on this, but I think everyone's just kind of floored right now. We're just kind of pulling the curtains back and trying to figure out how do we assess this, how do we separate this money and I just, I don't know what to do. I'm, it's well, so crazy. And, and, you know, by, by the nature of things, you, you shouldn't, we shouldn't know what to do yet. We're still, we're still revealing and putting together what's happened. Right. And I think that it's going to take a while to understand the scope of it. Exactly. And once we understand the scope of it, um, then hopefully we can take Get a steps. Grasp. Yeah. Uh, but it's, that's, I mean, that's how all, that's how all things go. You have to, absolutely. It's you have just to so understand infuriating. the scope. You have to understand the scope and then you, you have to awareness and then action. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, that's, wow. Good old paradise papers. Tillerson, Cohn, everybody's involved. Yes. And, uh, the queen of England, Taylor Swift, <laughs> they're all in on it. <laughs> they're all in. So I, this name makes me think of a boat drink. Uh, when I hear paradise papers, where does that name come from? Well, I'd imagine that it comes from the location, just basing it on the Panama Papers. So is there like a paradise island out there? Grand Cayman Islands. Yeah, I've always heard about the Swiss banks, and now I'm just thinking about all these random little... They can just jump from one place to the other, I'd imagine. I think it's they're all tropical places. Yeah. Yeah. So they call it, or at least the majority of them are, so they call call them the Paradise Papers, and like uh, just how they name the Panama Papers, so... It's interesting. I actually visited the Grand Cayman Islands once on a cruise a few years ago. I've been. Yeah, and then if my memory is correct, their system of government, they intentionally make it so people can only be in power for like a very small amount of time, and then when they're out of politics, they're done. They like cannot be involved at all, and it's to like try to you know avoid corruption. I like that. But then ironically... They have all of these offshore bank accounts going on there. That's not their corruption, though. That's ours. Right, yeah. That's just so crazy. It's like, in their house, they're trying. (laughs) They also have a a zero tax structure in terms of income. It's all based on consumption. But in a lot of ways, that ends up being regressive because there aren't the exemptions on food and other things like there should be for people Mm -hmm. that are are living at the poverty level. Yeah, the the below the poverty line folks. Yeah. All right, well, crazy. thank you, Jalitza. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry you're mad. mad. You're mad now. I, I'm I feel really like, pissed. I feel like I need to give you like a oh, yeah. glass of wine or something. Thank you. We're a boat Ooh, drink, yes. Yeah. I'll have a paradise, paradise. cocktail, please. <laughs> yeah. we, should, we should make some cocktails. Yeah. Like yes, Maybe next should. week we'd have cocktail hour. We can design some cocktails oh, around yeah. the Russian investigation. We can have the Veselnitskaya. Yeah. A Mueller Moscow. A Moscow Mueller. There we go, yeah. A paradise punch. of like Trump reaching out, just drowning or something. I don't, oh, yeah. Sorry. Not in like a Kathy Griffin way, more in like a drowning in all of his there incriminating yes. evidence way. I like it. I like it. Please Which don't come she... after me. I'm not trying to kill Donald Trump. Not in the John Buckley way. I'm not way. suggesting not that. Yeah. That was her excuse too. Yeah. All right. Well, Jordan, since True. you're since you're over there now, and you, I, I believe I assigned you uh, to talk to us about 
Pence's over last week. You said, what's Pence doing with all this stuff? Well, yeah. Tell us what you found out. Yeah, so uh, did a lot of, you know, just nitty-gritty research on the exact timeline and how that all folds out. And seeing as that would take um, a really long time to go through, I'll just go through the really important stuff. But basically, Pence is just sticking with his narrative of, I don't know. I just don't know. No one told me. I don't know. And a, conveni- a lot of things are just very convenient. Well, wasn't Flynn fired for misinforming him? Right, yes. Was it Flynn? Yes, yeah. yes. that's the first one to go, yeah, yeah. Yes, so I will go through the timeline just because it's an easy way to tell this little story. It's mm-hmm. a fun one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start after, though, you know, that, that big meeting happened. So we have June 7th, 2016. Uh, Trump promises to reveal dirt on Hillary. This is after Goldstone offers dirt on her to Donald Trump Jr. So that happens. We have uh, a couple days before that, Trump meets with Pence, and then, but Manafort is urging the Pence pick, but really Trump actually wants Christie, right? And then, mm-hmm. fun fact, so <laughs> Trump Trump wants Christie. Kushner doesn't want Christie, though, because during Christie's time as U.S. attorney, he successfully prosecuted Kushner's father for tax fraud. Red flag. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's a, that, I, that's, that's, you know, terrifying. Can you imagine how Trump, like... Oh, that's I, I, why my daughter married this Jew, and now I can't have Christy. <laughs> like Every, that's, I can just imagine him just being so mad and irate. Oh yeah, my God. everything I want is being taken from me. <laughs> poor, but, poor Rosita. Yes, can't catch so, a break. Yeah, so I mean, things really just I don't think are looking good for for Pence really in the beginning uh, because you know he got picked over uh, over somebody that was. Doing something that was, you know, morally correct, getting someone for tax fraud, and this is Chris Christie doing it too, and it's like, this <laughs> like he like, did a Jesus good thing. Christ, he's yeah. capable of doing a good thing. Yeah, it's come to. And Mike Pence, yeah. of course, is like, you know, the the defunding Planned Parenthood king, just mm-hmm. a total crazy, you know, governor, just awful. But even. Whatever. I digress. But (laughs) basically, that's kind of how, you know, the Pence pick comes about. Trump doesn't exactly want him, but he gets him because Trump's aides leaked that they had picked uh, Pence before he could actually, you know, Trump could try to convince Christie to be with him. So so then his aides, like Manafort, this was in uh, July... July 14, 2016, Trump's like, are you sure I can't do Christie? And they're like, yeah, sorry, it's already done, you can't go back. So... Kind of a rocky start for Pence anyway. Just always his campaign officials, it just seems, are driving like all of this just so much more than he actually is. He's just like this oh, dumb yeah. puppet. You, just you, like... you get a sense that he culturally was a lot more comfortable with Christie. That, you know, Christie's from New Jersey, which technically has a Statue of Liberty. Um, and he's a governor <laughs> of a purple state. You know, he's a Republican in, in some, some ways. But I think he was a more palatable choice to Trump, who's always sort of been a, a wild card in terms of his politics yeah. anyway. Yeah. You know, Trump gave more money to, to Carter than Reagan. Trump gave more money to, to the Clintons and, and had a close relationship with the Clintons. Yeah, I would have I would have called, before this whole fiasco, I would have called him a Democrat. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. And so I, I He th- was pro-abortion. Not pro-abortion, but, you know. Pro-choice. Right. Yeah. Pro-choice. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but I, think I love abortions. Try for abortion. Don't let them know how we really feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> but but Pence is really a concession to to deliver the evangelical vote, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. I I think in a lot of ways we still don't really know what Trump thinks because it seems like a lot of this stuff has been dealt to him for whatever the populist opportunity is, not what his actual conviction, his private conviction. Might I think be. a lot of that was Absolutely. driven by Bannon. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, so he's like, look, you want to be president, you want to have this base. Here's what you have to do, and here's what you have to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and to get the evangelical vote because you know, God knows. <laughs> Unintended. Trump isn't exactly 
not even close. And, and, a moral fella. And culturally, you know, leaving politics out of it, you, you get a sense that he and Christy are a lot more aligned. There's a New York, New Jersey connection in so many yeah, ways. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Pence That gives, like, that gives like a whole new meaning to the Pixies line, got killed by 10 million pounds of sludge from New York and New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about Christy and Trump? Or just... Someone predicted His that. His name was bandied around as a potential attorney general moving yep. back to it. Because... Trump really felt like he owed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get a sense that, um, you know, abandoned, packed that can- that cabinet with people that would be a dog whistle to the evangelicals, like like Sessions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fast forwarding, uh, Trump gets elected. Uh, J- July 15th is when Trump officially picks Pence publicly. Trump gets elected. November 11th, 2016 is when Pence officially replaces Christie as that transition team chair in the White House. And that was... Uh, so, like, right before that, Flynn had actually come into that meeting with Chrissy as a chair, and this is when Chrissy's like, what is this? Why is this? Why is he here? I don't trust this guy, you know? And then uh, this is when Ivanka's sitting there and says, quote-unquote, Flynn is very loyal to my father. He's fine. And ah. so this is when, like, Flynn starts coming into stuff. So this is November 11, 2016. Okay, November 18th. I'll go through quickly on this stuff. November 18th, Flynn is named National Security Advisor. Uh, same day, Democrats... Six minutes later, he's fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, so... I think he made it 24 days. Like, yeah. Yes, it's the same day. This is when, uh, Rep Cummings, the Democrat from Maryland, he denounces Flynn in this letter to Pence. This is this... He's the, uh, ranking member of the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform. So they're basically just exposing all of Flynn's, like, potential conflicts of interest mm-hmm. here. With um, Russia. Right, yes, and then and Turkey. And I was gonna say, yeah, also Turkey's lobbying ties. Right, this is also involved in this letter. Jesus, November twenty eighth, the Trump team acknowledges the letter, which they will, you know, later try to kind of go back and they disagree on when they got the letter, but they're able to go back through the records. I don't know if certified mail version of you know <laughs> what they do in Congress, but basically that happened. And they're like, no, you definitely got this. You said you did. Uh, we got late November 2016, Flynn tells uh, his senior advisors that he's scheduled a meeting with the Russian ambassador meeting. He's warned to not do this, does it anyway. And so really then, uh, fast forward to January 15th, Pence says that Flynn's calls to Russia, to the Russian ambassador, were completely unrelated to sanctions. It was only a mere coincidence that uh, the day, you know, Obama decides to increase sanctions on Russia... He winds up giving a call to the ambassador mm-hmm. to Russia. So this is when it starts looking like, okay, what are what's your game here, Pence? You know, and then this is when he just really starts just denying everything. He's just like, I didn't know, I didn't know at all. People are covering his ass for him. Like, Do you think Flynn was kind of a like a casualty of Pence having to say he didn't that you know like like the fall guy for Pence just pretty much right? Yeah, yeah. like. To keep, like not to, keep, to, keep the, to keep it off Pence. Exactly. Yeah. Would you think that's possible? Like, he wasn't planned that way, but... I think Pence was really focused on culture and domestic issues and was uh, very... And he's an executive. He's a governor. He, he wasn't a, a legislator. And I think he was very concerned that Flynn had grown beyond his ability and probably should have never been a flag officer. He probably should have ended at colonel. And I think that he didn't trust him, right? You know, for whatever his, his politics are that may be broken, I think that Pence is probably a straight shooter who uh, was really not comfortable with him in the room. Yeah, I agree. Interesting. And just involved with a bunch of buffoons, really. And even though... But don't you, do you think Pence knew, though, about the Russia stuff? 
I think I think he did. I I mean I just don't. There was a. It's pretty clear he found out in the middle of it. Right. You, you know, you, or you, you, it's like being offered this great job, and then you get it's like watching The Firm with Tom Cruise. Like you took the great job, and once you get on the inside, you're like, oh my god, this whole thing's corrupt. Yeah. That's. I feel like it's possible he could have known just because he's so good at playing the straight man oh. that he he thinks he can probably become president after all this. And, and be clean of it, but that makes him more conniving to me. Like to even yeah. want to stay with this. Yeah, but you gotta have you gotta have that. You can't just have a smoking gun. Yeah, right. you you've got to have the proof. And uh, if anyone can get it, it's Mueller. And if there isn't, then that means there isn't. Right. Uh, personally, I feel because yeah. of how systematic and thorough he is about his his, his the, you know his investigatory style. Right. I, if, if Pence comes out clean on the other side, I really think it's because he didn't know. Yeah, I, I mean, like, uh, later in January, Department of Justice, you know, officially comes out saying that Flynn lied to Pence, and then that's what everyone's getting behind. But then there's this interview, I forget what news station it was, but, like, Priebus goes on there and says there's absolutely no way he could not have, like, they basically ask him, do you think Pence knew about this stuff? And he just says, well, the vice president is filled in on everything. And that's, like, all he says. So it's kind of, like... Ryan's Priebus said that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about Priebus. He wasn't even on my, he wasn't yeah. on my radar for... There have been so many guys that have come out of Ferris Priebus. wheel that I don't even know who's died yet. Like, it's... Yeah. You're right. I, <clears throat> there's definitely... Like, oh, yeah, there was a Ryan's Priebus. Over there by the fried corn dogs right off the, after the Ferris wheel. <laughs> yeah. Always at the <laughs> state the fair. So all of these... Um, but, but, yeah. So. <laughs> Avert your eyes, AG. Thank you, thank you. Um, So yeah, in February we just have more of this dance of you know Flynn saying I can't you know we definitely didn't discuss sanctions. Then the next day he's saying I can't remember who did exactly what you know AG said last week about how Trump kind of goes through his like I had nothing to do with it. Oh, I can't remember if I did. Oh, I I did, but it wasn't my fault, right? Yeah, Uh yeah. And that's that's, mo. Yes, exactly. And it seems like um, you know Flynn's stint of that is short-lived because he's resigns uh february 13th and fast forward to march pence is still saying he had no idea about flynn's lobbying in turkey just really sticking to that it's not changing at all may 9th comey winds up being fired uh because he was you know just quote basically just bad at his job is what they say and this is like now the second thing that pence first mishandling of the hillary emails right Mm, and so and (laughs) i wish everyone listening could see ag's skeptical face (laughs) Hmm. Um, this is the second thing Pence really gets himself involved with, and it's mainly because the justification that they're giving for wanting to fire Comey, they ju- they revise it to essentially cover up any like doubts that it's because he's investigating this collusion with Russia. Mm-hmm. And then this is where possible obstruction of justice charges could come against Pence, really, is if he was a part of... Because Pence claims he didn't help revise that letter, and it was all just other people telling him, telling you know Trump what to say. But if it comes out that Pence actually helped him write that letter, then that's what he could wind up getting nailed on. But uh, I'm just going to... Fast forward to, there's not too many. I mean, really, it's just him saying, I didn't know. I just, <laughs> I just didn't know this whole time. So just fast forwarding kind of to now, now what happened. So uh, reports start to come out that Pence might be in a potential obstruction of justice case. Um, I did some research on legal experts that were kind of speculating on this. There doesn't really seem to be a consensus. I think, like, the question for this segment was just, what's his involvement? What's mm-hmm. going to be, what happens to him? 
Um, and then if I may here. So I got some quotes from some, you know, legal, not, uh, you know, legal professionals of varying degrees on their opinions of it. So I think it'll be interesting to share since, like I said, there's not really a consensus on what's going to happen to Pence at this point. Uh, but this first one is from a man named Jed Sugarman, a law professor at Fordham University. So he says, if Pence gave any feedback in revising the letter to cover up those intentions and to give disingenuous legal reasons for firing Comey, he is guilty of conspiracy to obstruct justice and aiding and abetting. So that's the first thing, really, that's going to... Sugarman. I have to make a little, like, Jingle, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so then this is a, this is a varying opinion right here from somebody else. So this person, Diane Marie Amon, teaches law at University of Georgia. She says, the likelihood that the vice president could face charges for crimes like obstruction of justice based on what has been reported to date seems at best slim to none. And part of the reason is that we just don't part know. Part of the reason is because I'm from Georgia. <laughs> oh, <snap. laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, to our Georgia listeners. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Georgia. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and she's just saying that it's just, we simply don't know enough about the contents of Trump's original memo. And that's the thing that's going to make it really hard to actually incriminate him. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just seems like maybe he's just set himself up perfectly to just sort of not get caught. Or maybe, yeah, it's more of a coordinated thing, like Flynn falling for him. Or mm-hmm. or not in, like, a romantic way. But, you know, oh, that'd be a nice movie, right? <laughs> Love is in the air. <laughs> it always comes back to gay stuff with this yeah. Russia thing. What is why? Yeah. I don't get, it's I don't an open get that. Um, okay, and Speaking of which, the Jew partner... <laughs> You know, when I lived in Mississippi, people used to always say my Bible study partner is code for the person that you're hooking up with, but it was inappropriate. Interesting. The thing about about Putin going off and training with this, quote, judo partner really sounds like a a romantic thing. Yeah, Yeah. when you're the governor of South Carolina, it's, quote, hiking the Appalachian Trail. Right. And that's when you go see your mistress. Oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, in Mississippi, it's um, meeting with your Bible study partner for an hour. I think if you're really I have a running wide Russia, stance. yeah. If you're in Russia, it's uh, training with your judo partner. I yeah. like that. I think that's the the least um, talked about part of this. I think that Putin might have a thing for dudes. Everyone's uh, everyone's got yeah. They're I like just this. dissecting all of these yes, yeah colloquial yeah <laughs> yeah. The name um, Putin is very anal, just to be. <laughs> Well, and, and the, the stance against LGBT generally is what uh, precedes right. coming oh, out. Wow. Oh, yeah, so he thinks thou dost protest too much. That's that's been Russia's mo. That's been Russia's aggressive mo since he's really sort of seized control. So Makes you wonder wow. about Pence. Do that yeah. what you will. Oh my goodness! Yeah. God, what if it comes out that Putin and Pence hooked up? Though? That'd be amazing. That'd be better than the PP tapes. They're both pretty <laughs> handsome. They are. So yeah, fits. I know. I hate politicians because they're just so attractive. But they're and you want to hate pieces them. of shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. I feel you. Um, but yeah, just to close this out, um, as far as you know, because now the question becomes: if this gets taken all the way to impeachment and Trump gets impeached, is Pence actually going to wind up being the successor? And I think. Uh, this quote right here by some someone named Andy Wright, a law professor at Savannah Law School, sums up very nicely probably how these this the state of Pence being the successor is. Uh, it is, quote, The more Vice President Pence is involved in untoward and perhaps illegal conduct by the President or his aides, the less viable Pence as successor becomes. So basically, very simple, but just saying... We'll see. It is yet to unfold. As of now, he's sticking with his story, and he doesn't have, just by the virtue of him 
you know, getting involved in the game technically after a lot of the really sketchy stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's kind of absolved of of some things, but I don't know. I like well, that. That quote is a nice bow on that package. Mm-hmm. Aaron. Yeah. You wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, I had brought up briefly uh, Flynn's $15 million offer from Erdogan to to extradite, well, abduct, extradite yeah. is more official, <laughs> uh, this Muslim cleric. And you had some more insight on that. Yeah, Fatullah Gulen has been in the United States since 1999. Um, his religious movement uh, was not a formal movement. It's sometimes called hezmet, which means service. And if you could think of a type of modern Islam um, that embraced you know, interfaith dialogue, educational attainment, focus on STEM, this is it. This was an attempt to sort of reconcile Turkey being pulled into radical secularism and having to abandon Islam. For our listeners, being... STEM is science, technology, technology engineering, and math. Engineering yeah. and math. Okay. So Turkey has got a really complicated history in the sense that, you know, it had a, a it was the crossroads of the old world in many ways and was a pretty pragmatic place, but it had a, a Muslim identity. And it's had so many things foisted on it in, in terms of um, being you know, from from Istanbul to Constantinople, back to Istanbul. <laughs> Such um, a good song. Yeah, it's still a good song. <clears throat> it's a good primer for this as well. And, you know, the coup that's taken place has pulled Turkey out of what really was a NATO nation back into something far more dangerous and unstable. And the idea that, that a United States general or intel chief would be delivering someone who's had exile here and, and in a safe place since the 90s um, to a military coup in Turkey is bizarre to me on every yeah. level. Mm-hmm. And is Trump's uh, view on NATO or his uh, you know, initial view on NATO, at least when he was campaigning, at all of a concern in that area? You know, NATO really existed to uh, protect Europe against the rise of Russia in, in, in so many ways. And, oh, and, let's lead to Russia. And mm-hmm. the, the intersection of you know, where Europe and, and Russia meet really is Turkey. It is, In yeah. so many ways. It's not just the Eastern Bloc nations. So... I think it's really uh, concerning. I, I think if this was in a Jack Ryan movie, I think it would be not just a bridge, but several bridges too far. And I think it's one of the more bizarre parts that's emerged from all of this. It's a very good point, yeah. Several bridges too far. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, it's time for the indictment fantasy league. All right, I'm so excited about this. <clears throat> this is one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, Julius, will you go over our picks? Now, uh, I had uh, believed that we wouldn't have any indictments this week. We did not. Right. I, I, I'm always hoping. A girl can always dream. <laughs> but um, we we did make picks, and, it, and it's not necessarily week by week. It's just when the next round of indictments come. Absolutely. I decided there were going to be four, because at the time, we had four unsealed indictments on the docket in that district court where he convenes the grand jury. Uh, so if you want to go over those picks again. Definitely. So, uh, yes, AG, you had Flynn, Flynn's son, Donald Trump Jr., and Kushner. Okay. Those are your four picks. Jordan, you went with Flynn, Flynn's son as well, Paige, and Gordon. Mm-hmm. And I chose three. I went with Flynn, his son, and Rex Tillerson. You thought Tillerson was going to be on the block. Yes. All right, well. Uh, those would still be my picks if it weren't for this sabotage. <laughs> Go for it. All right. 
Remember how I said last week I had some inside information and I couldn't reveal my sources that there were four unsealed indictments on the docket. Right. It turns out there's two district courts that Flynn's convening grand juries in. Oh. And in this past week, 85 sealed indictments have been added. 50 in one day. Oh, my God. Jeez. Now, note that a sealed indictment could just be a request for information, a, a search warrant, a request for search warrant. It could be for any number of things. Okay. But it could also be an indictment. So, knowing, knowing that there could be 85 sealed indictments in two <laughs> district courts where he convenes grand juries, I'm not going to sit here and pick 85 people exactly. for indictments. <laughs> Uh, I may add a couple to my list. Okay. And I'm going to add Cohn and Lewandowski. Okay. Uh, and maybe Reince Priebus. I forgot about that fella. Uh, and and I have Kushner on there. It, it's important to note Kushner was asked to release a bunch of documents uh, mm -hmm. regarding the, um, I think it was the Russia statements. Do you guys remember Kushner? Yeah, Kushner he had turned to turn over in. some stuff. Yeah, yeah and I did mm -hmm. want to correct something from last week. I had confused... Uh, Kushner and Donald Trump Jr. because it was Donald Trump Jr. who released his statement about um, that meeting mm -hmm. uh, that his dad could or could not have helped him craft. Right, right. It wasn't Kushner. Got it. Right. That makes sense. Okay. This is just c separately. Kushner has documents on, on the firing of, of Comey. Right. I think. And so that's... Um, we may have another correction next week if I'm wrong. <laughs> it sounds about right there. They're both in the chopping There's block. There's so for much sure. going on. Oh yeah. And, and the interesting thing is, of these 900 things that we're talking about, any one of them is considered kind of a scandal. Yeah. And there's just so many. I think we have scandal fatigue. I think we have mm -hmm. like, oh, uh, and I mean, like any number of things can happen. I'm excited to see what happens this week. But I'm gonna Same. add those guys. Okay. Um, now knowing there could be upward of 85 indictments. I like this because now we're at about, this is six for you, so I'm, I'm going to try to match that myself. But it's important to note, too, that you don't want to indict everybody all at once. Right. As, as I talked about before, his mafia style and mob style of, of investigation mm -hmm. is to go after the little fish and pick them off so he can get to the bigger fish. Right. That's why we... Mueller's is? Why, yeah. Why I did Flynn and Flynn's son, because I think Manafort rolled on Flynn and Flynn's got... Mm -hmm. Flynn doesn't have a leg to stand on. If he did have a leg to stand on, it would just be Flynn being indicted right. or arrested and charged. And then his son, they would use him, you know, they would use as his leverage. son as leverage. Yeah. I think he's going to get them both, though. So what about you guys? Do you have any uh, changes you might want to add now that these 85 unsealed indictments are happening? Yeah, I mean, I, so I don't want to add... Sealed, excuse me, sealed indictments. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm definitely keeping my picks. Flynn, uh, Flynn Jr., Paige Gordon. I'm going to add Kushner to mine. All right. He's just too in it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, Don, I mean, the, the statement you were talking about, that was when he was like, oh, well, it's normal to just meet with a foreign government just to see, you know, what they have, you know, if they say they have dirt on an, op on an opponent, you know, it's normal for someone to go and just see what they're talking about. Is it that statement? Is that mm -hmm. the one you're talking mm -hmm. about? Okay. Yeah, and, and has, has Carter Page been arrested? I don't believe I so. I haven't seen that. I'm going to put Page and Cone on there if I don't already have them, because I think going after these low-level money laundering guys, mm -hmm. business dealings, is probably, it seems to be the way that he's going already. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So that's eight for you now. Very nice. Yeah. And I... Also, quick question: When Flynn testified and he did it under, did he was he actually granted immunity or no? Were they like, they no, we're not no. going to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. and then he still, okay, got it. Okay, so, well then, 
Yeah. All right. Definitely. But like you got to remember, too, any of this could be a, a Papadopoulos situation where they've already mm-hmm. been arrested and have been working with him. And I kind of think that about about Lewandowski. Yeah. Because he's just been so quiet for so yeah. long. Yeah. And maybe Priebus. Like, maybe that's why we haven't heard from Oh, you know who else came Rance up in the news Priebus again today? Nunes. Oh, yeah, Nunes. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to add him this week because he's also been pretty hush-hush. He was in the thing about the eclipse. It's the last time I heard of him. And then... I would think he would come up by now with all the new developments, but I, I just remembered I haven't heard anything. So yeah. I'm going to add Nunes, and okay. then that's with a Z, right? Uh, N-U-N-E-S. S, okay. And I don't know why I know that. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you do. And then um, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not going to take off Rex because I know we don't get points for you know being wrong, but I will add uh, Ross, Wilbur Ross, just because he has this interesting storyline now where I didn't even know he was Secretary of Commerce. I had no idea who it was. And now he's doing all these interviews trying to disconnect himself so far. And he may fizz out, but I'm hoping he sticks around if that's the case. I mean, he's one of those guys that just has a financial connection that they're going to probably just use for information. Financial connection. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to add Nunes and Ross. And um, Kushner, yeah, I don't know why I missed him the first time. It makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah. But that's all for me. So All right. Well, it yeah. looks like we got those rounded out now. So excellent. We'll see what happens. I don't think we're going to have any uh, further indictments this week, but there's always news that's going to happen. So we'll we'll wait and see. And, and um, Hope Hicks' testimony is going to be really interesting. So mm-hmm. now I just wanted to know if you guys had any questions. I want to um, throw in a wild card on that because I really yeah. believe that we're going to see a person that was prominent or people from the Obama administration as a way of insulating Bueller as oh. having total integrity. Oh, that's mm. a And I think yeah. um, it's it's an uncomfortable realization, but it's real. I think one of the, you know, some of the things that Trump's saying now about treating Russia like an ally or a potential ally, mm-hmm. these are the same things that were said eight years ago. And I think, you know, with a new president, Obama had come in and said, let's have a reset on this. Yeah. But after that had failed to happen, you know, there was no attempt at Marshall planning Russia because they have so many natural resources. Mm-hmm. But as you've already discussed, it is still a gangster approach to government. It's not a open approach to government. Right, yeah. And, um, you know, all this didn't happen starting in 2016, and we allowed it to happen. We had a sitting executive that had eight years of intel briefings. Mm-hmm. And whether it's someone from the intel community or whether it's someone from the Department of Justice, I think the the wild card that we're going to see in the indictment is someone from the Obama administration. because this didn't that. All... Do you have any ideas? I have some ideas. Uh, I'd say for this week, I'm just going to throw that out as a wild card because I think, um, you know, we have to be able to be aware that people didn't see some of this stuff coming. And I think, you know, Obama made very dismissive remarks in the in the debate with Romney about Russia publicly. Yeah. You know, the Cold War called. They want their policy back. Um, but privately, I think there was still an <laughs> arrogance. Good impression. There, 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 <laughs> make no mistake about it. There was there's an arrogance. There's an arrogance. I think that the Cold War was done. Um, and that you know, this they had a, a smaller GDP than South Korea. They can't even light up all five rings in their Olympics and the world is watching. There's no way that they're... they're... But we forgot they were still really good at some mm-hmm. things. We underestimated them. Yeah. We did. This, we, we, the Swiss have a small GDP, but they're really damn good at making watches and knives. Um, outside of, of oil, uh, Russia doesn't have a huge economy, but they're still really damn good at espionage. Oh, and, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I think that um, there's still a lot of money flowing and... People in politics see money, and that's on both parties. Mm. And, and ambition uh, wants capital, just like businesses do. And I, 
by wildcard would be that someone from the Obama administration, definitely from the second term, yeah, mm-hmm. um, we're going to see as a way of get, getting a broader support. Maybe somebody in the uranium one mm-hmm. yeah, I, I sphere, think... even though there's so little evidence on that, but just on the major players, that doesn't mean that there aren't lower-level Obama administration folks that weren't fully enwrapped in that. I think right. the Democratic Party right now, too, really wants some emerging leaders, and if they can pin some of this on people, they want to go away mm-hmm. so they can start the establishment. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, and we shouldn't be surprised to see that, to say, look, we had some people, they, they end up underestimating Russia, they're on both sides of the aisle, and then do the Pontius Pilate wash their hands. Yeah. Now all these mm-hmm. little, little, really drain this one. I think that would be yeah. good for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Who's 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 a leftist? <laughs> <laughs> I, I offer just that up meaning, for that reason. Yeah, just meaning it, it's it's got so many. There's so many mechanisms at work there. You first of all, you get the the full fairness aspect of of Mueller. Not just looking, not just being one-sided. Yes. Even though he's a Republican appointed by a Republican who is a, from a Republican, <laughs> but yeah, I think it gives it that uh, kind of it takes away that bias acts, aspect. We used yeah. to have such great bipartisan cooperation when it came to national security. We'd argue over education and roads. Yeah, and, all domestic it, stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then when it came to defense spending, we disagree on how much and where, but we we all agreed we needed it, right. and that. In our big messy family, where we fight at the family reunion, then the American way of doing things still was the best. Mm-hmm. And we we weren't we weren't communists and we weren't fascists. Right. You know, we were Americans, and and this is how we did business. And I, I when I, I throw that out there as a wild card because I think it's important to remember that some of us sometimes forget that. And yeah. And I, I do think um, there's some positive aspects to that too. I think there's yeah. a lot of positive aspects to that, especially with the kind of getting that uh, establishment. Democrat, you know, I mean, it's so, there, there's there's so many, f- two big factions in the Democratic Party right now, and if they don't get their act together, it's going to be really difficult in 2020. Mm-hmm. I think 2018 will be pretty easy, but to, you know, for, for an actual presidential election. It's going to be tough. It could be, it could be tough, and they really do need to get some, you know, emerging leaders that can, that can both energize people who were of the establishment ilk. But also the progressives. These guys mean business. And they are, they're so, you know, fixated on Elizabeth Moore and Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. um, Tulsi Gabbard, that if you don't give them uh, these more progressive leaders, they aren't going to show up. Exactly. And You're even seeing that in local elections. People are smart enough to figure out that if you align yourself with that wing, they'll give you the energy and the canvassing and the support. Fundraising isn't really a great metric of whether or not you're going to win anymore. No, it's not. You know, Jeb Bush raised a quarter of a billion dollars and it never got it past single digits. That's so true. So it's it's energy and and votes that still matter. Yeah, and and, and this uh, this last election, uh, you know, last week with the... The first uh, transgender woman to serve openly, uh, a Sikh, got elected. We had another mm-hmm. real progressive Democrat elected. That's my band, actually. <laughs> so many black Not people. Not enough black people. <laughs> <laughs> that I, the, and those are those progressive um, uh, style Democrats. And so it's yeah. going to be really interesting to see how that works out. And that's uh, such a good point that, that he really should, or not should, but I mean, the investigation is going to take him where it'll take him, but to to, yeah. to, to make it a kind of a fair mm-hmm. uh, circle of investigation, I think yeah. that's a really good idea. Yeah, we've had people that have been asleep at the wheel and, and colluding with people they shouldn't from all, everywhere, and I think that's what you'll see. Yeah. That's, that's my wild card joker. I like yeah. that. That is so smart to me, and it makes so much sense. And it's like these people can't, we can't get in this situation and have this this sort of, you know, 
kind of government as led by so many business tycoons and then you know these paradise papers and panama papers and and all of these all of these things coming out it's it's like something something was going on or rather was not going on that allowed for that to happen exactly and those people should also be held accountable i, I think that's great i had a question about that actually ag so with all this stuff coming out about the paradise papers do you believe that out of this investigation at the very least there's going to be a change in policy when it comes to the way the money flows politically i hope so um <clears throat> i don't know uh, at this point it's kind of early to, to tell i i what i'm kind of hoping that comes out of all this is that at the very least they'll close that loophole for veto power on the ofac list and the magnitsky yes, act that would be a good goal i think that it should have congressional approval not just the president being able to, to cross uh, a name off crossing them off there because and that's just... you, you can uh, you can we've shown you can well that mueller's working on showing that you can buy an election you can buy a president yeah the entire Congress, mm, not so much. A little different, mm-hmm. and and I think that Congress also would want that. They would want that power in their Absolutely. hands too. To to and that's why when they put together that sanctions bill for Russia, they were all the whole Congress was like sign it. And yeah. Trump's like God damn it, come <laughs> in. You know, for all of the things that have been problematic about this administration, it's been a fantastic civics lesson for so many yeah. people. Oh yeah. I think all the things we weren't paying attention for to Trump, been, just yeah. learning that he doesn't have complete <laughs> total power <laughs> over everything. Unfortunately, it's been a civics uh, lesson for the uh, POTUS, but I mean, for the American people, for the American people, and also for the Congress. I think that after 9-11, we've had 16 years of executive overreach, yes. mm-hmm. and the Congress has ceded that to the executive so they could go back and, and, and put up their hands. But, that's a good you know, point. Most of what's enshrined in the Constitution is the person you can reach out and touch, and that's your congressperson. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them have, have failed to do that job for a long time, and it's been on several watches, yes. and we're demanding more from our Congress. Uh, yeah, we definitely are, and I think that that's gonna. I think that that's it's gonna be that's gonna kind of show in the twenty eighteen elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens as well. So anyway, uh, thank you very much for joining us this week on Mueller. She wrote. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And I'm A.A. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm A.G. Please join us next week. We're going to be talking about Hope Hicks' testimony and see what comes out with it. If there's enough information that that, that does come out of that, so please join us next week. Thank you very much. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me in a courtroom 
how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.